You're listening to The Big Finish Podcast, release date the 23rd of May, 2021. If anyone suspected for a second that the infamous terrorist, pardon me, freedom fighter Avalon was strolling through their midst... You're wrong. It's not the same. I want them to know my name. A name has power. I'm sure they'll gladly carve it into your tombstone. They know my name, so they think they know who I am. But they don't have the first idea. Welcome to all of you. That's right, you, you, and even you. I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs, and here's what's coming up. In a moment, we welcome actor Genevieve Gaunt and producer Jamie Anderson to the podcast to chat about this month's brand new Thunderbirds release. It's Terror from the Stars. Hi folks, are you there? Ready. We are here and yes. ready. Hello, can't wait. Okay. Uh, next up, we'll be reviewing our latest reviews, giving the reviewers marks out of five trillion for their efforts. This week, we're looking at Time Lord Victorious, Genetics of the Daleks. But even so, it's just one Dalek. Oh, it's just one Dalek? Ha! <laughs> Famous last words of countless civilizations. Oh, directed, directed by Jamie Anderson. Yeah, Is it really? That was Is me, it that was me. Oh, we've got to say nice things now, haven't we? Well, hot on the heels of that, we'll be delving into listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. Just uh, use PVA glue and coat my hands in it just so I could peel it off. A weird thing, but all of us did it. <laughs> all the kids did it. Then we begin our exploration of the epic worlds of Blake 7 as we go behind the scenes with Avalon, starring Olivia Poulet in the starring role with Sally Nivette as Jenna and Stephen Greif as Travis. Head down! right about you. You are a moron. A moron keeping you alive. Following that, we'll be making our weekly stop-off at the Randomoid Selectatron. My screen has just done an annoying thing. I've got an eye-saving thing on here. You know, like it tells I... you to have a break. But the problem is it just turns your screen off and says, look away! Uh, and so <laughs> I just got told off. But yes, we'll be delving into the Randomoid Selectatron, which will give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. You don't want to miss that one. And what are you driving? The Doctor has a TARDIS. Oh, that's one of those funny makes, isn't it, from Eastern Europe? Oh, no. Look and away. We round things off. Look away, everyone. <laughs> we round things off by returning to Avalon to give you a free 15-minute drama tease of episode one, Terra Firma, by Steve Lyons. Well, here we are at here that point are. where we're going to be talking to Jamie and Genevieve. Hello again. Hello, Hello. Benji. Hello. <laughs> Hi, guys. So, um coming out uh, this week is Thunderbirds, Terror from the Stars. You're correct. How do we tease and impress our listeners with this release, do you think? Five, four, three, Anderson Entertainment presents Thunderbirds Terror from the Stars Well, I would say that 
If you are a fan of classic Thunderbirds and have wanted more than just the 32 episodes there are, then this is the release for you. It is authentic because it's from the 1960s, from official tie-in novels that were released by John Thaden. I think that's a fake name, isn't it? But John Thaden. A pen, a pen name, I think we would say, not a fake name. I prefer a fake name, thank you. Uh, he made it up! Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, that's true. So, uh, yes, it's the first in, in the series of novels by John Thaden, and um, it's been brought to life by an absolutely amazing cast and a, a fantastic director with amazing music and brilliant sound design. So, I mean, it's an authentic slice of Thunderbirds, but it's four hours of Thunderbirds. Uh, so, yeah, it's an awful, isn't it? From my point of view, it's amazing. Uh, it's sorry, <clears throat> it's uh, F A B. Hey, oh. there we go. But there what do you go. think, Genevieve? Is it is it as brilliant as I've said? So I I I've got one foot in the world of the people who kind of have known about Thunderbirds forever, and then I'm also in the camp that have. That kind of adore it and love it. So I feel like if you are new to the Thunderbirds, to Thunderbirds, then you have such a treat in store for you. And then I think, I mean, I think if you're a, a diehard fan of the originals and you know everything about it, it does seem amazingly authentic, helped by obviously like the best team to bring this to life. People who know everything about the Thunderbirds, protect it, love it, are faithful to it. Um, Andrew Clements, the producer, has adapted it so beautifully. As an actor, absolute joy to perform. And watching it, watching the you know the original show, it feels like it feels like it's got the DNA of the original show completely. Helped oh. also by having people like you know John Colshaw, who who sound he he is a dead ringer for Parker. So um, I we should mention that you're Lady Penelope. Oh, yeah, we haven't said it's that. Like, well, who's this random chick who's talking about the Thunderbirds? <laughs> That's right, I am Lady Penelope. And also <laughs> Grandma Tracy as well. Yeah. Let's hear a bit of Grandma Tracy. Oh, I, I, I don't know, Nick, but I'm, I, <laughs> I, I, I was told that I should have some eggs for breakfast, but I just eat apple pie all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Love oh, it. Love nicely it. done. <laughs> Of course, it was all, uh, you know, as many things have been, it's been recorded uh, remotely. You were all sitting at home, as indeed you are now, Genevieve, uh, in your duvet palace there. <laughs> what, what is... <laughs> it's like you're in a huge bed. <laughs> like a cosy car. She's so lazy, that Genevieve Gort, never gets out of bed Don't even shame to record. Me. <laughs> My, my little duvet sat up. I'm quite jealous of it, to be honest. It looks, yeah, it, it looks, looks nice it looks cozy, nice and cosy. It? Yeah. <laughs> Is that a whole new uh, form of abuse? Uh, uh, Zoom shaming. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Genevieve's the first. So sorry. Uh, yeah. No. They, they, so yeah, all, all in uh, remote recording, directed by Sam Clemens. Uh, and he did a brilliant job, and he was clearly a massive fan of the original. In fact, I think I think everyone had some degree of recognition, appreciation, or slightly nutty fan fandomness, uh, fanaticism. Maybe I should have said for the for the original series. So and that that really shone through actually. And there were some lovely moments. We dropped in, didn't we, when um, Genevieve and John were doing their Penelope and Parker 
That's scenes. right. Just yes. hearing that sort of crackling, sparkly magic and chemistry between the two of them. I mean, it was a, a real kind of David, David Graham, who is still with us, but is not part of this project as he's uh, decided to step back from the microphone due to being 96, which is fair enough. Fair play. Uh, yeah, uh, I think but so, it, yes. it was a sort of reincarnation moment uh, for, for classic Penny and Parker. So, and I'm not just saying that because Genevieve was on the line. I mean, really, it, it was, wasn't it? It's just, it's so evocative. It, it feels like some lost tapes from the original series that we're, we're hearing. Well, there, there was a magic as well, I think, at that, when, when it was oh, being Benji, recorded. Benji, you were doing the recording. I was, yeah, I was, I was engineering that one. Yeah, there, there was a magic, I think, going on when, when that was, you know, with those sessions. There was something, there was an energy there, you know, and it was, it was spooky is the wrong word, but it was, you know, when you've got Lady Penelope, Na- Lady Penelope and Parker together. Get my name Two right. iconic characters. It's a bit, you know, a bit of magic. What was that? She said, get the name right. Get the name right. Well, I'm, I'm, it's too early in the morning. It's, it's only 11.26 in the morning. Come on. Come on. Yeah. We're not, we're not even not reached even. midday yet. Lady Penelope has had too many panas. She says, Lady Penelope. Penelope. She's been on the whiskey. Yeah. Champagne in the backseat. Because I'm I'm catching up with the. I mean, it was it was made what 30 years before I was born. So for me, it's been like oh, a. Gosh. I've just I've also just discovered a new, my new favorite show. I absolutely adore it. I can I understand the obsession with it. It's so fresh and amazing. And I've the last episode I watched was um, Dangerous Game. Nice. The, the Cham Cham. Nice. Oh, Which is okay. so iconic, but what is uh, Lady Penelope is um, Wanda, Wanda L'Amour. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like a pseudonym for you, actually. I can totally see you what? playing that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Benji, when you just said Lady Penelope, <laughs> she kind of has this um, strange Russian, German, French... <laughs> accent going on <laughs> and she has wonder more. she's not quite sure where she's from but it's quite enchanting perhaps she's a double agent there we go she, she's yeah. just agent she zigzag yeah. there we go she, it was yeah I mean va- vaguely foreign I think it probably falls into mm. the, mm. the bracket of <laughs> It's uh, that that reminds me of a story that John Hurt Clang told me uh, that he said uh, apparently uh, Noel Cow- Coward was in a play and he was meant to be not English and he was doing this accent and the director said sorry what what nationality is that what accent is that and Noel Coward apparently said stage foreign <laughs> <laughs> that's great and uh, so for for the rest of the recordings every time someone did an accent. With the when we were doing the recordings with John Hurt, he'd look at me after they'd done their accent for the first time, and whatever the he'd, he'd say, "Stage Cockney, stage, <laughs> stage working class, or, yeah, stage foreign, <laughs> yes, definitely." Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like putting the word "stage" in front of it excuses it for being completely rubbish and unbelievable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we're. Were you able to keep a lid on the record, on the, you know, any shenanigans going on during the recording, Benji? You know, was was it ever very chaotic or was it all it was, very calm and professional? 
it was, well, it was a. Mi- I would say it was it was a mixture. We had we had some <laughs> crazy days, and we had some some. I mean, the good thing is everybody everybody came and delivered their A game. Everybody was on it. You know, there were no days where where people just you were getting flustered. It was spot on. We did have some funny sessions with um with Wayne Forrester because, as well as uh, playing a lot of different uh, characters in this, he was also narrating, and he had a huge volume of stuff to get through. And we worked out that the only way to sort of get through it all. Uh, was to just sort of it was it was just this crazy thing of he he deliver these deadpan you know narration voice here doing this like that and then the second it ended it would he'd just be laughing doing every other voice and every he was doing fake commercials all the way through <laughs> uh, which was one of the what was he, he was saying uh, and now you can get a brand new action comb and all this weird you know <laughs> weird stuff but we had a, we had a really good laugh um, you know and I, I just. You know, as I'm sure everybody here, you know, we we all work with such lovely people. Everybody gets on really well, and everybody's lovely, and so it was a joy to do. It was just a, a few lovely sessions. And Genevieve, how do you get on with the home recording thing? Uh, you know, I, I'll tell you something. Some of the actors we've worked with, when we first started doing it, they're like, "Oh, I don't like this. I oh, I miss the studio." But several months in, they're kind of like, "Actually, can I just carry on doing it like this? Because I don't have to commute, and it's kind of I can just." What do you think? Um, I I kind of I kind of love it. I've I mean since May last year I've done so many amazing audio dramas and uh, audio books. So it at the first job I did I I narrated um, the discomfort of evening for Audible, which won the Booker International, and that was the first mm. time I'd ever recorded anything remotely, and that was a whole audio book from home. So wow. once I'd kind of got through that baptism of fire everything from then on kind of was easier. I've had some technical issues and then you kind of don't understand why something isn't working and then you you discover what, what the problem is and you just jump for joy. It's so exciting. <laughs> I've also made and edited and like my own podcast. So I feel like I've gone from never doing any of this stuff to having learnt about it, which I never would have done before lockdown. So I feel like, what, what is it? Um, you know, the, the the mother of invention. Necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah, and I yeah, feel like yeah. it's been great. And actually, there are there are benefits of working from home. But I do miss you guys. I, I miss I miss that like banter in the studio and just seeing everyone. And um, but you know, it, we just we just do we we make the best of what we've got. And I think that yeah. if anything, audio has flourished during this time because mm, it transcends it transcends the problems of you know. And so being able to tell these stories and for, for, for listeners and also for us, it's, a, it's this magic escapism, really. And, and, and so actually, I think it's pretty amazing that we can do it from home and it hasn't been too bad. And Benji helped me out. Uh, we had a little uh, troubleshooting before we recorded and uh, just do a test run. I was like, Benji, how do I fix this? And then he was like, let's go on Zoom. And I was like, I'm just going to warn you, I look mental right now. And he was like, it's okay. I do too. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. I was like, I was like in my leggings and my hair was like, like I'd gone through a bush backwards and we sorted it out. I felt like Elon Musk by the end of it. (laughs) Benji is Sir Benji to me. Forever on. Thank you, my dear. It's kind of exciting. But that's I the thing, though. It's, it's problem solving, like you said, really, isn't it? It's just getting to the bottom of it. And once you've got to the bottom of it and you worked it out, you can be like, right, I know what I'm doing now, and you don't have to to, to worry so much. 
but it never goes but as we've all learned here I think all of us here have clocked up clocked up the hours in these lockdown sessions yes. it never never goes according to plan nope. no matter how how certain you are it never does no no that's absolutely true I'm doing different time zones and stuff as well. I've done jobs with with New York and LA, so you kind of like, you can start, I think I've started sessions at like 11pm. Wow. Well, for these we had had Justin T. Lee recording from Toronto, so he was doing, well, Sam scheduled to try and give him a later start, but he was doing, you know, out of hours, odd 5am starts and stuff. Um, But everyone just pulls together and, yeah. It, it, it all works despite all of the technical and geographical challenges. Now, of course, Genevieve, you've done other stuff for Big Finish. You've done uh, The Prisoner and The Human Frontier and Doctor Who, of course. Um, but there's another thing from Anderson Entertainment that's coming up being released through Big Finish, which is um, First Action Bureau. Would you like to tell us a little bit about that? So... Yeah, First Action Bureau, F-A-B, not lost on Ander fans. Um, <laughs> we recorded the first season of that in summer 2020. I play uh, agent and spy Nero Jones. We've got Nicola Walker, Patterson Joseph. Um, uh, so just, it's the most wonderful cast. Oh yeah, Sasha Dewan, it's just amazing. And um, I got to work on that with yours truly, Nick and, uh, and Jamie. Have I ever killed anyone without permission? Not that I know of, officially. From the worlds of Jerry Anderson. First Action Bureau. Connecting to First Action Bureau. You're early. Couldn't help myself. Good to see you, boss. Nine. I'm trying not to make this weird. What is wrong with you? Eight. Try to bond with her if you can. She'll love me. As do we all, Nero. Piss off. So, do you have any romantic feelings towards Benjamin Saul, Nero? Can you just say my name? God, no. Six. Nothing is true. Five. What? Swing by my quarters anytime. I'll definitely do that. Four. Why do I always attract the weird ones? He's a real bad boy, isn't he? Look, you can pretend to be as hard-bitten and unfriendly as you like, but I've read your file and I I know you're a nice person. Now that is a state secret, even from me. We get to stop global and interplanetary crime before it even gets started. Hence the name First Action Bureau. Just forget about this, or I may have to hunt you down and kill you. Are you serious? Not sure. Bye. And am I right in thinking that we are... You can say it? Mm. We're doing a series too, yes. yes. Sometimes I'm not sure. Don't worry, that's not top secret. And you just ruined everything. (laughs) Have Have you told people generally then, Jamie? 
We, we tweeted about it and we spoke about it at the end of the last season, didn't we? We said, oh, and there yes. will be a season two. So, yes, it, it's, not a, oh, yeah. it's not a secret. James Bond will return. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nero Jones will return. Can't wait. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, well, I know that uh, Jamie has written uh, the plot line because uh, Jamie and I co-write it, which basically means he writes the plot. I do some... <laughs> Do something, <laughs> do something with it, yeah. uh, and then uh, and then you write the script, and then I rewrite it. Exactly, yeah. How would you describe your first draft of the script writing process, Jamie? Uh, well, currently sixty-five percent done uh, as a rough. Uh, yeah. But I, I basically we, we your approach. We do a we do a big kind of beat beat by beat, scene by scene. Yeah. plot breakdown and then I basically just stick those into scenes and start writing some words uh, <laughs> and sometimes those words do not come and so I will leave a note for you that says and then some sort of big launch or fight sequence happens or something yes. and then you will fill in the gap so it's, yeah. it's a great She says something witty yes. you know, so. <laughs> that, that is one of my go-to bits of non-dialogue uh, yes she, she says something super cool here so when you do end up saying those super cool things generally it's generally not me that's written it it's, yeah, I've written I'm unbelievably I'm the one who writes the super cool lines you are super cool it's funny that isn't yeah. it I'm so super cool sitting in my tweed jacket <laughs> oh dear I forget I just wear this every day and people see me in it and go oh you've got all dressed up I, go, oh, I just wear it every day <laughs> probably probably needs well, cleaning well you know what they say what? tweed what do- is the new leather is it? Oh. <laughs> no. Who said that and when? No one. <laughs> no one. Yeah. No Tweed one is greed. Well, there you are. Tweed Look, a lot, what? Of ex- a lot of things. What? What is you know, <laughs> Sorry, I edited out what he said in my head. What did I just said Tweed is greed. I don't know what it means. It rhymes. That's all. Who says that? I don't know. It sounds, like something, Gordon, it sounds like something Gordon Gecko would say. But I don't think Gordon Gecko wears wears tweed, so no, who knows? Well, You're okay, uh, Benji. <laughs> don't think so. <laughs> oh, he's traumatised by the memory of working with you. <laughs> For any uh, big Doctor Who fans out there, and let's face it, there may be a few listening, um, I bought this jacket while I was filming... <laughs> I can't read that out that you've just said to uh, Jamie in that text um uh while i was filming asylum of the daleks there you go with matt smith who used to wear a tweed jacket and i went to uh john lewis and bought a tweed jacket not because maybe i did because matt you want to be like matt smith i wanted to be trying to get a standing job it's very smart nick it's a good look yeah but it's because it's cold in here so i had to wear a jacket Anyway, well, it's been lovely having you on. Is there anything vital that I should have spoken about that you guys want to say, or are you happy to? Thunderbirds will return in future books, future novels. Yes, there'll be plenty of that. Yeah, and also uh, Stingray, we can say that. I mean, I've said it before, but Stingray's coming up. That's now fully cast, and that'll be recording very shortly. So uh, there's and maybe some other Anderson things, and al- almost certainly some other Anderson things. So yeah, if you if you're enjoying Anderson audio, there's loads more to come. Brilliant. Well, it's lovely to see you both here. Thanks, for along with us. Benji, you're two of my favourite people. Oh, so. oh, what a charmer! 
He says that's all the interviewees, Genevieve, don't worry. Yes, he's lying. I think I said it to Dwayne last week, to be honest. I mean, he's a very nice guy. Don't get me wrong, Dwayne. I'm so excited for everyone to to hear it. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. And I can't wait to delve into the next, the next adaptation. Mm, It's going to be fun. Definitely. Very exciting. Do we know which, which is the next book? that you're, well, you're going in order. I can tell you it's calling Thunderbirds, but we, we're probably going to rename it, but uh, Nick and I need to have a discussion about that to settle on a title. So well, all We're going to rename it Thunderbirds Calling. Yeah, no. that's, yeah <laughs> nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Lovely, lovely to see you and Such chat. a pleasure. Such a Thanks pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having me. Bye. And now it's time, of course, for the latest reviews. As promised this week, it's Time Lord Victorious Genetics of the Daleks. Cryo suspension revival complete. Subject regaining consciousness. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, Time Lord Victorious, Genetics of the Daleks. He was right. This unit has been opened and emptied. Captain? Yes, Juan? Someone's been down here, removing alloys and replication tech. I'm afraid I'm as much in the dark as you are. All I can tell you is, I'm here to help. Probably means you're in terrible danger. Intruder defense system activated. I will kill you for this! I was wondering, if it's not too much to ask, whether you'd mind terribly locking me up somewhere else, somewhere more secure. But even so, it's just one Dalek. Oh, it's just one Dalek? <laughs> Famous last words of countless civilizations. You have done well. They do not suspect. The machine you created for me activated. Yes. And it's so simple. All you have to do is go to bigfinish.com, type genetics into the search pane at the top to find this beauty. That's right. So first up, then, we're going to the reviews here. We've got uh, doctorwhoreviews.net. Kyle says, uh, This is yet another story within an already ambitious project that uh, definitively proves just how versatile Doctor Who as a whole can be. And although it doesn't quite reach the heights of its similarly named predecessor, there's (laughs) plenty to enjoy with its dynamic leads and many layers coalescing wonderfully. And that's uh, four stars there. Could be a toe stub, maybe. Oh! Bums. Bums. Yes. Rude word. That's the usual thing. Naughty word. Now, I have to apologise to you, Benji, because I've forgotten to attribute these reviews to either of us to read out, but we'll work it out as we go We'll along. work it out. We're civilised beings. It's fine. Uh, th- th- thank you. Uh, yes, Digitalfix.com. Baz Greenland Baz. Uh, says... Genetics of the Daleks is a fun, if somewhat loose, addition to the Time Lord Victorious range. (laughs) What does that mean? And one of my favourite Tom Baker stories at Big Finish. Okay, well, it wasn't too loose then. Uh, It feels both classic and Toulouse-Lautrec. And New Who. New Who! While there's a glue called You Who, isn't there? Well, they do not make that anymore. You Who glue? Do you want me to have a look? Yeah, yeah, yes, very important. <laughs> While still feeling glue. quintessentially like a fourth Doctor story. There you go, brilliant. It's called Uhu glue. 
Oh, yeah, Yoohoo is how we used to pronounce it. Yoohoo. Yoo-hoo. Um, it still exists. You can buy uh, all purpose adhesive clear glue. Is it sort from of is it yellow and black? It is, yeah. Packaging. You can buy it for £2.35 pence from. Uh, from Amazon or a Pritt Stick 12 pack for 1899 um, <laughs> if you if you so pleased we know this well it's very important uh, Ian McArdle who's a great <laughs> fan of uh, Yoohoo glue uh, oh, yeah, also from coltbox.co.uk uh, as only Doctor Who can the story is one of the last in the TLV timeline Time Lord Victoria's timeline yet involves its earliest Doctor Tom Baker is on warm and witty form here surrounded by a solid guest cast we loved Pippa Hayward's ruthless Captain Graff, as oh. well as Clive Mantle's shady medical officer, Chook. Uh, Nicholas Briggs, in his manipulative best too, uh, playing a Dalek mutant who reminded us of the reconnaissance scout from Resolution. Uh, with its clever title, Genetics of the Daleks, is a highly entertaining tale. We hope it will hook some newer fans in for the glorious fourth Doctor. And there's uh, four stars here. And there's, it's interesting though, it's four stars and a special mm. star because it's yes. not a white star as normal. This is an extra special star because it's <laughs> half white and half blue. Wow. It's a sort of so it's five stars in total. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going with six once more. Yeah. I, I like the way Ian McArdle refers to himself in the plural. It's, I, he's obviously a member of some royal family. Uh, we uh, <laughs> we think this. Yeah, interesting. We here in Buckingham. Uh, it must be an his. in-house style for Cult Box, isn't it? That Cult Box is. We are know. Cult Box. We. You are, are Cult Box. We are all, some in some little way, Cult Box. Ian McArdle is a Gestalt being. <laughs> uh, WarpedFactor.com. Matthew Kestrel. Let's see if there's just the one Matthew Kestrel. As the last Time Lord Victorious release from Big Finish for 2020, Genetics of the Daleks makes a suitably atmospheric addition to their contributions. From Morris's cross between alien and classic Dalek tales to Baker and Briggs on fine form. <laughs> it's also a standalone entry into the arc. One especially good for fans of the Fourth Doctor or those still wishing to dip a toe in before going for a deep dive. Spladoosh. If you're still uncertain about the whole Time Lord Victoria's idea, you could do a lot worse than give this a listen. Hmm? Absolutely, you could. You could buy a, a job lot of Yoohoo glue, uh, and, and you know you'd have too much. And that's a lot worse, I would say, than just was, yes. delving into this. You know, too much wise words, Benji. Too much glue oh. spoils the broth. Um, an analytical, which is surprisingly hard to say, uh, mm. says it's so fascinating. The Dalek is a ton of fun, and the plot is so shockingly grim. The yes. Doctor is fun, but is overshadowed by a superb guest by the superb guest characters. Doctor Who does Alien, but with a Dalek, that's such a fun concept. You who glue is the glue to go to. No, they didn't put that in there. It's nine out of ten. <laughs> That was on the, from the Twitter sphere, I believe. Here's audio watchdog, hashtag Doctor Who, hashtag Time Lord Victorious Genetics of the Daleks from at Big Finish and written by at Johnny Morris 1973, which is when Johnny Morris was born, is a cracking good story featuring t- uh, hashtag Tom Baker as the hashtag Fourth Doctor. I, there was no hashtag there, I just made that up. Good enough. At I am Jamie Anderson directs with style and pace and the production is engaging and immersive all the way through. Well, there you go. That's that double act, isn't it? Style and pace. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, and their YooHoo Glue sponsorship. <laughs> well, Juan de Welsh on uh, Twitter Sphere uh, says Big Finish Doctor Who audio genetics of the Daleks is yes. one of their finest releases. A joyous mashup of The Power of the Daleks and The Ark in Space. I think it's just Power of the Daleks, isn't it? As opposed to The Power of the Daleks. We will um, get our power! And uh, yeah, well, here, just getting into that nerdy. I had a dream about Ark in Space last night. Believe it did or not, you? yes, I did. It was a, it was a mashup between uh, Planet of the Spiders and Ark in Space because <gasps> I, I I remember the spiders like the spiders yes. were in my dream, but mm-hmm. I was confused because the spiders were on the Nerva beacon, and I was like, oh. hold on a minute, and I, I had that thing. I was like, hold on a minute, this, and they were the CGI spiders from the new release, you know, uh-huh. and I was sort of there going, why are we on the Nerva beacon? This didn't happen, and that was my dream last night that says a lot about what goes through my mind um, yeah. but wow. Wonder Welsh says uh, genuinely every bit as good as that sounds uh, yeah, yeah no, I mean, no one else has said Ark in Space and Power of the Daleks have they they've said Alien but I suppose Alien and the Ark in Space have uh, some similarities do they not they listeners they do they do well, that's it for this week anyway. Uh, next time it's Doctor Who Short Trips, The Shattered Hourglass uh, by Robert Napton and narrated by Neve McIntosh. Coming up pretty soon, we'll be going behind the scenes on the worlds of Blake 7 Avalon with producer John Ainsworth guiding us through the production. But first up, it's only listeners' emails. <laughs> And you don't have to be a listener to send us an email, although it does no. help because you'd yes. be talking about. Well, you, I suppose you wouldn't know what to talk about. You could talk about anything, you know. <laughs> you who glue. You who glue. Yeah. If you're if you're a representative from you who glue, please do send us an email. Uh, maybe maybe some free samples of glue. Um, I don't yeah. know why we would need it, but we might do. But yeah, if once you, upon a time, glue was very important, but not so much anymore. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Really, I can't remember I was last time. I, with glue. I can't remember the last time I needed glue. Yeah. yeah, I remember I was at primary school. I used to use PVA glue and coat my hands in it just so I could peel it off. What a weird thing, but all of us did it. <laughs> all the kids did it. All the kids did it. Did they? Yeah, every, yeah, all the kids would do it. Did you used to peel PVA glue off your hands? Write into podcast at bigfinish.com and tell us, uh, not tell us. Um, no. Sam Hoskins here from uh, uh, from. Oh, it doesn't say where he's from. I don't know why. Even we never normally do that. Uh, subject of this one: getting into Let's the main Newcastle. range. Yeah, he's from Newcastle, Glue Castle. Um, <laughs> hi, Nick and Benji. Hope you're both well. Uh, I've got a couple of questions for you. Okay. Uh, with the main range coming to an end, and I'm really excited about what's coming next. I've been listening to the uh, to Big Finish for over five years now, but only dip into the main range when the particular stories come up for sale. Um, this is because I generally like to buy in bulk to save a few quid. Well, you can Glue get it those. All together. You can get those Prit sticks in the deal now. <laughs> Um, and don't want to commit to a subscription, uh, but will uh, will include stories I may not be interested in. This being said, I've heard the original companions flip and Constance in special releases, and would love to go back and hear all their stories. You so should. You should do it. Uh, my question is: Would you consider having bundles for specific story arcs and companions so it would be easier to go back and listen? I can see on the site that this is something you do with the first 100 releases, uh, Charlie, uh, Evelyn, Bundles, etc. Uh, I think it would make sense for later ones. Nick, any questions? Mm. Oh, any yeah, answers? well... <coughs> Sorry, I was just... <laughs> <laughs> that was the answer everybody wanted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, 
Yes, I mean, we've obviously done it before and it's something we certainly would consider. Uh, we're not planning them at the moment, but absolutely uh, a, a good way of promoting them as collections, really. Yeah. Uh, there's another question here. It says, uh, uh, you may want to ignore this bit, which is cool. Um, was that, I know you guys are big classic era fans and especially love the third Doctor. Who doesn't? But one oh, if you had a favourite story from 2005 to the present era. Just curious. Keep up the good work, Sam Hoskins. Mm, what do you think? What's good for uh, you? Okay, so, so I, I would say I've got two. Um, and yes, would say, I've got two I can name. I would say my favourite for just because I just it's I just remember the memories of it is Dalek actually I just think that's such a good oh, story it's got every yeah. it's got everything in it that I want Doctor Who Daleks good good Rob Shearman story uh, yeah. my dear friend uh, Nicholas Briggs as well in there uh, it's a, just a cocktail it's a fab story um, but the other one that I love is Midnight I just think that is such a oh, superb yeah, yeah. Uh, piece just on its own um, haunting yes. it's haunting and I actually. I would say I would love to see that on stage I think that would just be such a that could be a really fun production done on stage mm, um, yeah, you know yeah. nice self-contained piece so I would say well, that would be very taxing on the actors wouldn't it it would be, oh, it'd be a terrifying it would be you know, terrifying to watch and probably really hard to do um, but yeah that's mm. what, what I would say but you know mm. it's, it, I can you know there's so much of it now isn't there that's the other thing well, it's yeah. easy to forget there's two that really leap out for me that I will often go back to. One is uh, the second ever episode at the the end of the world. Oh, that was cracking! Yes, I yes. love that. I love all that spaceship action and just the the sheer uh, outrageousness and ambition of it. And I know Russell said to me, you know, they really pushed the boat out with that and kind of never quite went there again because there was so much going on with all the CG and everything. But I I did. I, that's got a great feel to it and all that sort of early um, relationship between the Doctor and Rose as well when she gets a bit funny about the TARDIS being in her head and translating things and the weirdness of it and I think that's it's just beautiful it's a real policy statement for new Doctor Who I think and then really I mean it's, let's make it clear obviously we love them all but um, uh, I'm very very fond of Asylum of the Daleks and the more I see it and I quite often rewatch it, the more I like it, because I just think it's such a superb story, which is seems to be all about, uh, you know, Daleks in an asylum. But what it's really about is the mending of uh, Rory and Amy's marriage. And the way that's so beautifully woven through, I find extremely moving. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I absolutely love it how it uh, it's just beautifully done uh, go and watch it again folks it's one of those stories that grows and grows and grows on you and of course it's got absolutely tons of Daleks in it That's a real the, Dalek the amount of uh, ADR improvisation I had to do for all the mad Daleks in the background that you hear <laughs> I just I seem to be there for hours just screaming Rah! and they said just make stuff up make stuff up so, <laughs> so you just hear all this howling in the background but yeah, it's an excellent story. Very and of course, atmospheric. And Jenna Coleman sort of in there bizarrely. And, 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 have, and for me, a great experience having to, because I did all her dialogue on set for Matt to react to. Um, so that was fun. Yeah, love that one. There we are. Oh, oh next up. Yeah. Uh, 
Lucy Auger uh, says, uh, exciting May releases, dear Nick and Benji. I emailed a couple of months ago to let you know. Uh, did I sound like I said a couple of monks ago? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'd cue you up there uh, to let you know how uh, excited I was for this month's releases and I felt that I had to pop into your inbox again today after finishing the third Doctor Adventures which were every bit as amazing as I had hoped for oh, brilliant. it makes me so happy to see Sarah Jane back as well as some love for Liz Shaw who I feel is often underrated as she is one of my favourite companions agreed yeah. agreed agreed yeah. it was also fantastic to hear Christopher Eccleston back as the ninth Doctor I got chills the second I heard the 2005 theme tune and I can't wait to hear what's next for him I've also really been following sorry I've also really been enjoying Fellowship of Ink that was the Iris Wildtime and friends yeah as I always love to dip into the world of Iris Wildtime however the thing I was not expecting to get this month was the Omega Factor I recently watched the TV series for the first time and found myself hooked. I love how much further the audio stories go and I love that Dr Anne Reynolds is allowed to actually make some use of all her scientific knowledge at last. It brings me such joy to hear how often Big Finish allow female scientists to really flourish in stories. I know that things seem pretty final after series three of the omega factor but i still live in hope that there might be more one day so do i best lucy she says p.s thank you for trying with my name everyone always gets it wrong it's pronounced like august or auger you see i think we might have said algo or something or maybe i got it right i can't remember lucy but thank you for writing in again gosh yes would love it was one of the saddest things when we didn't do it we stopped doing omega factor I used to love working on that. I did the the music for it. Let's, yeah. Oh, I'd love to do more. We've been doing audio books of it. But um, anyway, check it out. I'll tell you what. uh, Here's here's a little teaser for the Omega Factor to remind any of you who haven't ever listened to it how jolly good it is. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Listen. Omega. The last letter of the Greek alphabet. The end. In this case, the end of scientific knowledge. We are asking you to go further than that end. Beyond the end. To the Omega factor. And further. Dr. Anne Reynolds, I called ahead earlier today. We're here from the Ministry of Defence. Adam, Tom Crane was my father. Here to lead us into temptation, are you, Adam? Uh, No, I'm here to tell you your church might be haunted. Ah! He's got the sight. What? I can tell. Like father, like son. Twilight and evening bell. And after that, the dark. I very much believe in the existence of the old gods more than you can possibly know. We are locked in! Her voice. What's wrong with it? And may there be no sadness of farewell when I embark. The Omega Factor. Big finish. We love stories. We never know. Maybe Ran will uh, 
bring it out of the archives. I always get excited when we mention things in the hope that you think <laughs> that Rand might listen. Um, because Ran, Ran knows, you know. Um, we've got one last email here uh, from Amir Tai Ziv, uh, who says uh, it's a question for Nick and Benji. A question. Uh, hello, Nick and Benji. I hope you're both well. I know everyone says it, but it never hurts to hear it once and again. Uh, Big Finish was the main thing that kept me motivated during the past year. And I thank all the people at Big Finish for keeping the standards high despite the pandemic. Oh, thank you. Pleasure's all ours. Pleasure's all ours. Um, With that said, uh, now on to the question. Okay. I've always been interested in the process behind the scenes of making audio dramas, Uh and the recent release of The Third Doctor Adventures Volume 7, which I absolutely loved, makes for a great opportunity to ask you both, uh, what's the working relation between the sound designer and the composer slash director? Uh, also, are there other roles to play? Uh, are there other roles playing a part in the sound design besides these three? Or maybe it's just the sound designer. Please continue to do what you love, and I'll continue to love it. Kind of regards, Amir Tai. Lovely. Well, thank you for writing in. Yeah. What's the? How would you describe the work process then? Um, well, I can, I can give you the kind of the, the rough out. You know, it's it gets recorded, files sent on to us, and. Uh, Nine times out of ten, we just sort of, as a sound designer, you just sort of get on with it, really. But then sometimes a director might, uh, you know, outline what they want or if they've got any specific needs or any, you know, they might say, I'm really thinking we could push this or do this and that one. Um, and, you know, in the, in the case of this one, I mean, I, you know, I've worked very closely with Nick on this one just in general because we... You know, we we speak to each other every Friday, so we had a good idea what we were doing anyway. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, a lot of that one. This was more collaborative than normal because we discussed things. We say about this, that, you know, and it was very nice to me, you know, uh, working with Nick. And then, you know, once once the sound is signed off, and Nick was lovely in this one, just in terms of notes and stuff. Right? You just you were just happy with it, which yeah, is really yeah, nice. Uh, rarely happens, which is really cool. Um, uh, and then it gets sent to Nick to work his his magic over it, and so well, it's, I was uh, doing the music, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think in this one, certainly for me, uh, you know, it's just it's just great to hear the whole thing because it's a sort of process of gradually adding more and more retro elements as yeah. as we continued. You know, the, going straight from the sessions where it was recorded and the performances, which are so, in my opinion, they sound so authentic. Uh, going through to adding all the retro sounds and then the retro music on top and oh just wonderful I, my favorite one of your sound effects was the the thing that induced sleep that mm-hmm. yeah how did you do that it's a synthesizer i've got called omnisphere um which is a it's, a it's a ridiculously large synthesizer digital synthesizer and there and i just went through and got lots of different layers of different things doing lots of pulsing noises and weird things and i've been twiddling lots of knobs to get things right and it just i wanted to go for that sort of um sort of you know late 60s early 70s sort of style of like you get it in a lot of those things don't you these weird sort of droney things it's like i loved my favorite thing to do sound wise in that actually weirdly enough was um was that sequence where the they're all asleep the soldiers are asleep in their their dorms and then these things in the uh you know at the side of the uh I suppose on the walls these sort of pictures yeah. or vents move up you hear the you know and they sort of go up like how that. I stopped all the music at that point 
It works. Thought, it works I thought nicely. The sound as effects well. told the story completely. There's a real temptation to say something sinister is happening. I thought, no, the sound effects are sinister enough. Stop the music. That's you know. And I, I don't think as well. I don't actually think they they probably wouldn't have done it in the in the show. I think they probably would have left it as well because it's quite oh, a nice totally. kind of yeah, definitely. Go, I, it dips I, to absolute quiet, doesn't it? You know, you've got you've got people asleep, and then it all and the weird sort of gas comes in the room. It's very of its time. Um, but that's the thing to remember also talking about the music process you know a huge part of the music process is to decide when to and when not to have music uh, you know because sometimes you get a bit carried away and it, you start illustrating everything with music and sometimes you think well hold on this is already being done by the actors and the sound effects and to add the music to it kind of flattens it out uh, and I, actually, I want it to have the peaks and troughs of what's going on beforehand. So that's quite a that's quite a, a tricky thing. And every time I go round the the circle, as it were, of doing the job, that process, I, I learn something new every time. I think, and that's why I always that's why I always carry on. You know, what I've been doing all this for Big Finish for so long, and will continue to do it. Uh, possibly until my last breath, um, <laughs> which is uh, next Wednesday, I think. Um, uh, uh, because if you feel you learn every time, then Definitely. it's worth continuing, isn't it? Well, there's always new. There's always new techniques, new ways of doing things. You might, you mm. know, in music as well. If you're working with different, you know, it's it's great now because we have variety. Whereas before, you know, if you were a composer, let's look at something like say. You know the, the Sylvester McCoy era of Doctor Who. You know you'd have these composers. They buy their their keyboards. They'd have their, you know, their Rolands or their Korg keyboards or whatever, and that would be your arsenal. You know you might yes. be able to buy. You might be able to buy little cards with more instruments on that you could insert. Yes. But a lot of the time it's like this is what I got. This is what I use. But now you you can pick up, you know, the most iconic sounds of the last forty years, in a bundle online. And you've got an infinite level of sounds and you do a job and you'll think, oh, I love that sound. This was really great. I'll use that for this. And so every time you, you end up thinking, I'll use that. I know what I'll do. I'll jump into this. I'll do that. So it's, it is, isn't it? It's a learning it's, process. Yeah. And it, it, there's a danger there that you might end up using too much. I mean, you know, when you're making, you know, mushroom soup, you want to make mushroom soup. You don't want to just think, oh, I've got, I've got all this and that. I'll put the butternut squash in. I'll put this in. I'll put a banana in it. I've, I've got all these. In. Yeah, because then you end up with something that's just kind of like, oh, God, that's you too are, much. You think to yourself, you don't understand what you do. You don't know what, what this is, do you? It's like, yeah. like it's, you know, it's the classic thing like you said, really. It's learning when to, when to and when not to is the key with music, isn't it? Indeed. Do you, do you need a flugelhorn here? <laughs> <laughs> um... Listen, uh, on that uh, quite uh, seriously intellectually challenging note, uh, I'd just like to say there will be more emails next time. Just a reminder then that we'll be giving you a 15-minute tease of the worlds of Blake 7, Avalon, Avalon, at the end of this podcast. But before we do that, uh, here's a teasing look behind the scenes with all spoilers forensically extracted. Hi, I'm John Ainsworth, and I am the producer and director of Terra Firma. Avalon has to be more than that. She has to be the sum of all the stories told about her. She has to be a legend. An idea. An egomaniac? Don't worry. 
I'm not planning to abandon Earth just yet. Not while I'm needed. The creation of Avalon came out of, uh, I suppose, necessity in a way. Big Finish were very keen to continue doing full cast Blake Seven audio dramas. But with the passing of Paul Darrow uh, well, a couple of years ago now, it just became not realistic to continue with the format of the television series. When, when I was selling, when I was producing uh, the Blake Seven audios, it was always my intention to emulate as closely as possible the format of the TV series. So with Paul being on board, we were able to do the format of the third season, although we had to recast Dana. And that was very successful. And we did that for effectively two seasons, which was six box sets, well, seven box sets, really. But then with Paul gone, I just thought we just can't do that. There was no question of recasting Avon. Uh, we just, just thought that was not appropriate. So we thought, well, how can we do it? So really, it was taking a leaf out of, to some extent, Star Trek, and certainly what we now know is happening with Star Wars, in that um, it's sort of shooting off with all these sort of spin-off series centred around different characters in different situations and, and places. And so that was my thought with the Blake Seven universe. You know, it's a big, big universe. There's a, it's already established. We know about the Federation. We know there's various pockets of freedom fighters rebelling against the tyranny of the Federation. And I thought Avalon was a, a really good character to have as the focus for this. We'd already featured Avalon in the 40th anniversary story, The Way Ahead, and she'd been in another episode called Figurehead as well. Hi, I'm Steve Lyons, and uh, I wrote the script for Terra Firma. Well, for this story, the important thing is to introduce Avalon and um, see how she operates, get an idea of who she is. And uh, we also wanted to um, touch base with Earth, which is where Blake Seven started, but a world we haven't seen much of in the series. And that was something that came out of the early discussions with the writers, that uh, quite a few of them were, were keen to go back and, and explore that environment. I'm Olivia Poulet, and I'm playing Avalon. She's confident, and she's, uh, you know, she's compelling, and she's, she's strong, and she's, she's dangerous. And it's a it's an interesting character to to play for that reason. And she kind of commands a lot of respect and a lot of yeah. People seem to be drawn to her and follow her. What I particularly liked about her, which for the same reason I wanted to have her in the way ahead, was that as a freedom fighter or a leader, a, a leader of, a, of the rebellion, she has many of the same sort of ideals and aims that Blake did. So there was a nice sort of overlap there. So the idea was to have her as the central figurehead in a series that would also allow members of the TV cast to appear as guest stars, effectively. So they could come in and out, as well as new characters. One of the things that, that we discussed earlier on was making a quite distinct uh, from Blake as well, uh, so that you know, we weren't just doing a carbon copy of the TV series. And I, th I think the way we, we went with that is that um, there are quite a few episodes on TV where Blake is quite conflicted about having to make sacrifices for his greater goal and I think Avalon has been through all that she's been through all the agonising and she's she's just made up her mind she's like no it needs doing so I'm not gonna you know it's, it's not that she doesn't care but she can't afford to stop and worry about everybody who gets hurt because what she's doing is for the greater good and, and that's how, certainly how I've been writing her that she's just 
convinced of that and she, and she's, she feels that everything she's doing is what she has to do. Yeah, it's not something that she wants to, to happen or wants to be occurring, but I think it, it is. I think there's a sort of feeling of protectiveness that comes out and I think it's quite an interesting trait in Avalon because actually it, it sort of makes her more vulnerable, actually, if there's someone or something she cares about, you know. We also wanted to include somebody to link this series to the TV series of Lake Seven and uh, Jenna was the perfect character to do that because uh, apart from anything else uh, we know from Avalon's appearance on TV that Jenna is the only member of the original crew that that met her Uh, so it seemed like a natural idea to tell that story. I am Sally Nevet and I play Jenna. The filigree is buzzing with talk of Jenna Stannis lately. You're making quite a name for yourself. Thank you. It wasn't a compliment. The last thing you need in your line of business is a reputation. I could say the same for you. She was an intergalactic space pirate who had extraordinary knowledge, technical knowledge of running uh, advanced spaceships. She was a smuggler. I always saw her as a sort of Sigourney Weaver character, you know, really very... um, out there, ballsy, independent, freedom-fighting, smuggling, an independent soul, but she likes to do good. And she's um, she's very drawn by the group that she meets, well, who she gets together with on The Liberator. Just go to bigfinish.com and type Avalon into the search pane Avalon. at the top and Benji will sing it for you. <laughs> Uh, don't forget that that tease of the first 15 minutes of Avalon will be with you very soon now. But first, it's... The Random Points Electrotron, where we give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Oh, she hear my keys then in my pocket. But, well, they, they were getting excited, weren't they? Yeah, they're jangling away, hoping for something. What are we hoping for? We want we want it to be the Omega Factor, don't We'd we? We'd like it's it to go- be the Omega it's Factor. It's not going to be, is it? What is well, it? At the Come moment, it's, it's Toby Haydock's Who's Round uh, with Malcolm Middleton, which is free. You can free. Uh, find that. that as a That's podcast. Fine. Just go and listen anyway. I always like to give them a shout-out when they pop up. Um... It's not the Omega Factor, but it does have Louise Jameson in it. Oh, okay. It is Doctor Who uh, Suburban Hell. Uh, Tom oh. Baker, Louise Jameson, a story by Alan Barnes. I was going to say, that's by Alan, isn't it? This is great fun. Anyway, look, here is the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. The Fourth Doctor Adventures Suburban Hell. Bit of a hiccupette in the catering department. I don't suppose you'd have a jar of mayonnaise about the house? This is suburban England, late 1970s by the decor. There's mixed nuts in the sideboard. Would you be a darling? Put them in a dish for me. We find ourselves in dire need of a few electronic oddments for the purpose of running repairs. And what are you driving? The doctor has a TARDIS. Well, that's one of those funny makes, isn't it, from Eastern Europe? So there is a wrinkle in time in the street outside. Yes, and the TARDIS has slipped to the far side of that instability. I do not understand this temporal ruckage, only that it caused the TARDIS to disappear just as soon as we stepped out of it. Curious, this picture. Woman with a blue face. Oh, I should say so. Look at the sky in the background. All I see are stars. Stars, exactly. This particular astronomical arrangement is visible only from a point deep within the heart of the constellation Monoceros. Thing is, we were wondering about the Hopkinses. The people who used to live here. No one wants to say about them. Was there some scandal? 
What's that noise? Are we expecting someone for dinner? Only you. What is it you want? You have three minutes more to surrender the vessel. What's it on about? I don't know. Uh, you two got a boat. I think them blue things might be uh, eating him. Well, Doctor, can't say it's not been a good innings, but this time the chips are down and here comes the ketchup. Big finish. We love stories. A beautiful, beautiful script by Alan Barnes. I'm a huge fan of Alan's work. And whenever I get the chance, I choose to work with him. Uh, yeah, really, really good. <laughs> it's a sort of... Um, he took as his uh, starting point for this uh, Abigail's Party, you know? Oh, great, uh, yeah. The, the, 70s um, play. Yeah, um by the famous person whose name now escapes me. Demis Roussos, no. No, um, well, he's, he does appear in it. Demis Roussos' <laughs> music is music, played. isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Is it, yeah. Do you like that hands? Do you like that? Oh, he's so sexy, isn't he? Oh, will be my love. <laughs> That's me strangling a cat. Um. <laughs> well, it's... Um, uh, anyway, but it's... it's Abigail's party goes wrong and has sci-fi in it, and it's jolly good. And, and obviously, Louise and Tom fantastic to work with so thoroughly thoroughly recommended get your 25 percent discount that's what i say um uh as usual i must email jackie and sue about it so that they can put this off alive uh, in the meantime benji will explain how to get your discount certainly i shall do the honors i shall do the honors it's very simple all you need to do is go to bigfinish.com when you're on there go to the podcast section on the menu when you're in the podcast section on the menu go to the podcasting question uh, and click read more uh, so you can read more of course Uh, and in the uh, more that you can read there is a thing that says click here and enter the code buck up that's buck up all capital letters no spaces no punctuation complication party for the nation you name it none of that just buck up enter that one in you'll get 25% discount Uh, and you know you'd be a a fool to miss it it's a bit like uh, you know when we delving into the emails there with our our dear friend Sam who was saying that uh, he often only gets things uh, when they're uh, on sale so it's a huge opportunity now to get that 25% discount on something that you might not have I thought I sold that rather well you did. Ram, we thank you from the collective bottoms of our hearts. That's right. Uh, in next week's podcast, we'll be teasing you with the first 15 minutes of Thunderbirds, Terror from the Stars. Oh, oh look forward to that one. And uh, we'll also be going behind the scenes with Out of Time 2, Gates of Hell, uh, starring David Tennant and Peter Davison. What a combo. Wow. Oh, yes. come on. Just can confirm that Jackie has just confirmed that she's received the information about uh, Rand's offer there. Anyway, I'm thinking of calling the podcast next week at 5, 10, go! What do you reckon? Is that too weird? I think that's exactly the, the right order it should be. You know, I mean, who counts any differently? <laughs> 5, 10, go! I mean, yeah, perfect. Doctor Who reference, perfect. Thunderbirds Thunderbird, reference. It's all Beautiful. there, isn't it? It's just, you know... You've, you've really earned your money this week, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm astounded by my genius. <laughs> However uh, unlikely it is. In the meantime, it's time to say goodbye, but don't forget to join us next week. Goodbye, goodbye but, but don't, don't forget, forget to join, to join us, us next, next week. week.
And now we enter the worlds of Blake Seven, with Olivia Poulet starring as Avalon. Avalon. <laughs> could call this a C-class freighter, if we were in a generous mood. It does a job, Grice, and gets me from A to B without running out of air. That's Lieutenant Grison to you, Krask. If you wish to conduct business on Earth, you'd better remember it. And it's certified spaceworthy. See, I just renewed my registration. It even appears to be genuine, this time. I can show you the maintenance log, it's up to date. You can't detain me for a bit of rust. You know you can't. I may yet charge you with littering my spaceport. You're the wittiest customs officer I know, Lieutenant Gryson. Last chance, Krask. Anything to add to your import declaration? Anything you may have overlooked? Well then, we shall proceed with the inspection. with that. I was being careful. These clamps are completely worn out. You two, stop what you're doing. Present your identity papers to my officers here. Is there a problem, Captain? Not if we make this quick. I'm on a tight turnaround and my employers are not the patient type. <laughs> it's Captain Krask now, is it? I own this ship. I'm entitled. You do know we're just the deckhands. Day labour. Anything he might have stowed away in here is nothing to do with us. What price accrues loyalty, eh? Guards, I want this rusted wreck gone over with a fine tooth comb. Disassemble it bolt by bolt if you have to, but miss nothing. Take all the time you need. <sighs> well, you two may as well wait in the crew room. I could be a while. I'd watch those magno clamps if I were you. My friend here almost broke her foot. In the meantime, I shall run another trace on your name. Roman Krask. Call me a cynic, but I know there's an outstanding warrant against you on some world somewhere in the galaxy. Oi! You two mind? This may all look like junk you, but it happens to be my livelihood. Ha ha ha! 
have a problem. A spot customs inspection? Just an occupational hazard. Why else do you think I hired a known felon to pose as our captain? I assume so no one looks too closely at the deck hands. What about your cargo? My business. Hmm. I understand your caution. The filigree is buzzing with talk of Jenna Stannis lately. You're making quite a name for yourself. Thank you. It wasn't a compliment. The last thing you need in your line of business is a reputation. I could say the same for you. If anyone suspected for a second that the infamous terrorist, pardon me, freedom fighter Avalon was strolling through their midst, You're I... wrong. It's not the same. I want them to know my name. A name has power. I'm sure they'll gladly carve it into your tombstone. They know my name, so they think they know who I am. But they don't have the first idea. Open these containers. Oh, I can't do that, Lieutenant Gryson. You think I don't know how lead lining reads on my scanner? Show me what you're hiding in there. <sighs> Crowbars all yours. Liquefy your own kidneys if you like, but I'll be standing a long way back when you do. You... Do you know how many laws you're breaking? The transport of radioactive material is strictly regulated by Federation... My permits are right there in the pile. Surprised you missed them. You'll find they're genuine, too. This... This says... Six crates to be delivered to a weapons development facility out in the Desierto de Sanurab. But that must mean that... Yeah, that's right, Gryson. My impatient employers are your employers too. Your very own Terran administration. What do you have to say about that? So what happens next? A hijack en route to the weapons factory? Someone planted in the truck? I didn't ask. I don't need to know. An inside man makes sense. The one who put the delivery contract your way in the first place. Once those goods leave the spaceport, they become my client's problem. I'll have fulfilled my contract. Mm, and earned your exorbitant fee. Exactly right. If you have a problem with that, you should have hired another smuggler. <clears throat> Krask, I didn't expect you so soon. How did it go? I left them to their fun and games. Couldn't stand to be around that jumped-up prig any longer. I gathered the two of you had history. You didn't lose your temper, I hope. Don't worry, I tugged my forelock like a good little surf. Yes, sir, no, sir, six crates full, sir. Well, of what? Wouldn't you like to know? Nothing that matters, I'm sure. Nothing to make a real difference. Enough to make some people's lives more bearable. What? What, a few luxury goods sold minus the tax? And digital products? You think that makes anything better? It denies the Federation a revenue stream. You make their victims comfortable with their oppression. You make them too complacent to fight it. What I do is survive. That may not seem like much to you, but wait till you can't do it any longer. You could be doing more. Someone with your experience and skill set, if you put your mind to it... Trask, what are you doing? Is that... Did you bring a gun? The components of one. 
A custom build, minus the power cell. I swiped that from a wall light on the concourse. The rest scans as harmless till assembled. Impressive, but asking for trouble. <clears throat> Not asking, just prepare. Should be good for six shots before the thermocouplings burn out. Well done. Now put that thing away before someone looks over here and raises the alarm. <sighs> Sounds like my cue. I have a rendezvous to make. You have a way past border control? Without a visa? Don't ask. You don't need to know. This chip will release your final payment into your account. We agreed. One more small service. Of course. Krask, would you mind creating another diversion? I, I could fire the Don't gun. Don't fire the gun! <sighs> Oi! You! Yeah, you! Face like an Arcturian sea pig. Is that my hat? Give it back before I tear it off your head with your piggy ears inside it. Would be sketching round inside the walls like an oversized rat. It is such a relief to have you back. I overhear snippets as people pass through from the outer worlds, but we've had a busy few years. Well, a few of those stories might even be true. Okay, let me look at you. How old are you now? Sixteen. As good as. I'm going on forty. Life in the Resistance does that to you. I wish I were visiting under better circumstances. This is not how I pictured my return. Even so, welcome home, Avalon. Welcome back to Earth. We need you now more than ever. But yeah, my fault entirely, officer. It just looks so much like my hat. Shake hands and all forgotten. I know we're all tired from our long journeys. Guards! Yes, you there. Detain that man at once. The woman at that table, too. And there was another. The brunette. What happened to her? Well, I don't know where she went. I'm not a keeper. What's going on here? Are we accused of something? Do these look familiar, Captain Krask? Um, well, I've never seen him before. Be a nappy rash, are they? We found this bottle of pills aboard your freighter, along with 11 more like it. Well, for all I know, you put them there. They were in a hidden compartment, drilled out of a stanchion in what I assume from the underlying odour to be your personal quarters. <laughs> there must be some mistake. Only a complete moron would try something like that. Well, I mean, the previous owner could have left them behind. Take them to the cells. Oh, and check her papers again. I suspect we'll find there's more to her than we imagined. The hell with this. Look out! He's got a gun! Everybody get down! Out of my line of fire! You won't take me in again, Grice!
is happening out there? C can't make out much, but no prizes for guessing who's smacking the eye of the hurricane. Let me through. I, I need to see. Are they friends? Oh, it's too early to tell yet. Jenna might be worth taking a chance on. Oh, I was afraid you'd say that. Are you armed? I'd hoped you might bring us some souvenirs back from your travels. If I'd had more notice and better credit with my suppliers, I might have. Right. Best I can do is this. A flash charge. I'm down to my last two, so strictly for emergency use. It'll give you smoke cover for no more than 40 seconds. Oh, how do you get this damn grill off again? Depends if you care about being heard or not. Not much of an issue right now, Faye. And a swift kick ought to do it. Ah, well, we had to try. Well, I should have taken a hostage while we had the chance. They've all gone to ground now. Give it up, Krask. I have five guns to your one. Enough to shoot that table to splinters. So, come arrest me, Gryson. See what my one gun can do to your smug face. Oh, head down. I was right about you. You are a moron. A moron keeping you alive. For about two seconds after that gun burns out. It already has, hasn't it? I could strangle you myself. You had to make your little drug deal on the side. A man has to earn a living. I should have retired by now if Christ hadn't robbed me of five years of my life. Throw out the gun, Krask. Don't make me shoot you dead. I'd rather picture you eking out your miserable days, a broken shell, in some cesspit penal colony. Don't rise to his bait. He's right. We have exactly two options here, and one of them we won't live to regret. Oh, I suppose I never did see the appeal of dying in a blaze of glory. Glory's just another thing you can't take with you. Surrender it is, then. Do you want to do the honours, or should I? seem to have a third option, after all. <coughs> Who threw that grenade? Do you hear me? I want answers! That's an order! Here's another. Drop the blaster. I, I said drop it. You're the other one, aren't you? The missing deckhand. Who are you? I'm pressing a gun into Lieutenant Grison's spine. Anyone in the employ of a fascist junta face down on the floor. You tell them. Do as she says. For now. There. Now you can say you were only obeying orders. Your favourite excuse. <laughs> You're in the middle of a Federation spaceport. If you think you're getting out of here alive, you are deluded. Who's there? I see your outline through the smoke. You'd better not be wearing black. I'm not sure. Do I need to check my underwear? I assume you were expecting us. Either that or your turning back up here has been a ridiculous coincidence. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Go on. Um... I was wondering if maybe we could do like a, a Thunderbirds episode where um, 
Lady P was, um, you know, undercover as a, as a gangster's mall, taking down the mafia in Brooklyn. Maybe, uh, maybe that would be fun. You know, just, um, exploring a different side of her, you know? Also, it's kind of delicious to say Parker when you're from Brooklyn. Hey, Parker. Parker, I love a cup of tea, Parker. Hey, you sure do look smart, Parker. <laughs> um, and also, um... I think, you know, I've been I've been learning um some Spanish over lockdown and thinking about Lady Penelope um playing her uh, mysterious, slightly Russian, slightly French, slightly German, um, you know, Wanda L'Amour. Lady Penelope could definitely practice some of her Spanish. Lady Penelope in España. Hola Parker. Como estas? Me llamo Lady Penelope. Quiero beber un pano, por favor.